The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Jason Roberts. He is the co-founder of FreightView. And if you don't know what FreightView is, obviously Jason will tell you about that this morning. But it is a spinoff of a larger company that we have known here in Kansas City, a larger small business called FreightQuote.com that actually appeared on the cover of Thinking Bigger Business Media many, many years ago. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you. Happy to have you here. So tell us, what does FreightView do, the 30,000-foot-up definition? Sure. FreightView makes software that helps small and mid-sized businesses manage their freight shipping. Okay. And when you say manage their freight shipping, are you talking about if I have just one box to send somewhere, or are you talking about multiple uh, boxes or multiple parcels or units uh, on a regular basis? What 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 would be your ideal small business customer? Sure. When we talk about freight, we're usually talking about shipments that weigh over 100 pounds or so. So okay. things that the Postal Service or FedEx or UPS aren't going to handle through their parcel network. So heavy things, usually things that are palletized. Mm-hmm. And we work with shippers who uh, ship anywhere from 5 to 25 less than truckload shipments a day. So regular amounts of freight going out their docks. All right. And so this is a regular thing for them. What are what are some of the types of companies that might do that? Small manufacturers or I mean what what are some of them that industry wide that that would be your ideal customers probably? Well, we work with all different sectors of the economy and so we we deal with manufacturers and distributors in just about every field from animal nutrition products to mm-hmm. chemicals to automotive parts to food supply, you name it. Yeah. You have a very unique story. As I said, you spun off with Tim Barton uh, from FreightQuote.com. How do, it, it was born internally within FreightQuote. So, so tell us that story. Sure. So FreightQuote is a freight brokerage. They, uh, they have contracts with carriers, and people come to them to get rates and, and use their rates with carriers. But there's a whole other section of shippers that have their own rates directly with carriers, not necessarily through brokers. So Mm -hmm. what we observed before we started FreightView was that small and mid-sized businesses really only had two options for handling their freight shipping. They either had to outsource to a brokerage like FreightQuote or one of their competitors, or they had direct relationships with lots of carriers. They negotiated rates and they built relationships with carriers. But they were managing all that freight by emails and phone calls and mm-hmm. going to a bunch of different carrier websites every time they had a shipment to move. And we we saw that there was software in the marketplace meant to address that need, transportation management systems. But small and mid-sized businesses, the kinds of companies that FreightQuote worked with, just weren't using software like that. So we found that kind of perplexing. Most small and mid-sized businesses are using software for other parts of their business, right. accounting, customer relationship management, warehouse management, 
often they're on to their second or third generation of software in those areas, mm-hmm. and yet they weren't using software to manage their freight shipping. We visited a local print shop here in town, and the CEO there is very engaged and focused on process improvement and managing her business. And we asked how they handled their freight shipping, and she said, well, I know we ship freight, but I don't really know how. And we went out mm-hmm. and wandered through her warehouse talking to people until we found someone who said, well, we just give all our freight to one carrier. And so she wasn't using any software to manage her freight. Mm-hmm. And so we believe there's an opportunity for us to build software that small and mid-sized businesses could use without the cost and complexity of the big transportation management systems. And so that's what we did. Yeah, and it's it's even a little bit more complex from, than that from what I understand, that it's um, not necessarily even about calling um, all of the different uh, sources that could handle your freight for you. But depending on how much you have to ship, that um, getting it on, and I don't know the industry term for it, but when a larger um, shipment from somebody else has maybe just a little corner left and that's all you need uh, to find those opportunities. and, And does your software help them do all that? Then? It does, but we're focused mostly on less than truckloads. So those okay. are companies like here in town, YRC Freight mm-hmm. and uh, FedEx and UPS have freight divisions, and there's lots of companies in that marketplace, 150 or so LTL companies. And those companies operate networks where if you call them up, they'll usually come that same day and pick up your freight, and then it's a question of how it moves through their network. They all have really unique networks that are mm-hmm. almost like fingerprints. The, the decisions they've made over the years and where they've invested and where they've built terminals make everyone a little different in how fast okay. freight moves to different mm-hmm. cities and what kind of freight they, freight they specialize in. And so what our software helps people do is pull all those rates into one place sure. from all their different relationships so that when they need to quote a shipment, they can see all their rates in one place and make mm-hmm. the trade-offs between the different service levels and transit times and prices. And they get it in, in real time because I imagine just like airline fares, that, that changes um, over the course of a day or a few days, wouldn't it, those prices? It certainly can. Mm-hmm. The market is moving in more in that direction towards dynamic pricing. Mm-hmm. Often in the past, shippers just negotiated their rates once a year. And that's really because the technology limited them to doing right. those kind of updates once a year. And we are seeing trends towards dynamic pricing where carriers want to update their rates more frequently. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the month. There's a lot more demand. They have okay. the same number of trucks. They'd like to uh, increase, increase the price prices, where yeah. a few days later at the beginning of a month, they'd like to lower their prices to keep mm-hmm. their trucks full. And it really takes a system like FreightView in between the shippers and the carriers to be able to deal with that kind of dynamic pricing. Yes, absolutely. So you've been likened to Expedia in some ways because of that, right? Yeah, I think we're a lot like Expedia or Travelocity in mm-hmm. that when you when you go there and run a quote, you see all your rates in one place. So our shippers value that, that they can see all the rates in one place. But it's better than Expedia because it's not just generic rates that anyone could go get. It's their own rates that they negotiated with each of those vendors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, tell us the story, though, of how... Um your your life cycle you you started as freight quote you um birthed freight view within freight quote and then both companies were acquired and mm-hmm. so so tell it, it's rather a unique cycle there most companies will never even be sold much less have all of the transition i just described so so tell us that story sure it's been a great adventure i bet 
we started inside Freightquote. As we identified that need, we decided that we needed to go address that market need. We thought that we had some unique abilities to build software and some transportation expertise, that we could be the company that builds that kind of software. So mm-hmm. we looked at how to do it, and we faced a problem that a lot of bigger companies do. Freightquote had 1,000 employees by that point and was a, was kind of a big business for us. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to go pursue this new market, but we didn't want to disrupt the market that we already had. We didn't right. want to disrupt this big business that was growing and successful. And so we did some research in ways to pursue that. And one of the things that we saw was that you really can't do that inside the IT department of a bigger company. You can't go build software that's intended to be a startup inside of an IT department. And we decided that the best way to approach it was to create an internal startup. We wanted to act like a true startup, mm-hmm. just like if a few buddies and I decided to start a business in my garage. Right. We needed to emulate that environment as closely as we could. And so we, we started forming a core team. We moved them to a completely separate part of the Freyquote building. I was going to ask, yeah, I was going to see if you even moved them off site. Well, eventually we area. did. Okay. So we started by the mm-hmm. Freyquote building, um, really nice building there. It's off state line. It is beautiful. It has some empty spots to allow for growth. So we were able to move down to a corner where there was no one else and take over some space. We initially took over a really large conference room, and as the team grew, we moved out around the corner to a bigger space. And we tried to operate from the very first day as a startup. We isolated the people so that they weren't involved in other projects across the business. Mm -hmm. We really started to get them to think in terms of it not just being a software project, but being a business that we had to start that would eventually have to generate revenue. Big distinction there. Yeah, Yeah. very different. So then that, that was in the fall of 2013. As we grew and we launched out and started getting some feedback from people and started achieving some traction, we decided that it made sense to spin it off as a completely separate company Mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, to to create that genuine sense of urgency of a startup, that it has to sink or swim on its own. Two, just to make sure that it has complete neutrality, that no one would think that it's biased towards Freyquote or anyone else, Mm -hmm. that, that it truly has the shipper's best interests at heart. Right. And third, because Freyquote was going through its process of potentially being sold, we thought that it made sense for for Freightview to chart its own path separately, that they were two very different businesses, a brokerage and a software company, and then it made sense for them to to go their own ways and and find their own success. So we spun it off in the fall of 2014 as its own company. We moved to a space that used to be an old hardware store in downtown Overland Park. We Mm -hmm. wanted... We didn't just want to be in some office building. We wanted a place that had character, people walking by, and restaurants to to mm-hmm. walk to. Mm-hmm. And so we spun off and, and lived for a while as a startup. And how big was the team at this point? About a dozen people, okay. give or so take. Okay, so good size, yeah. Yeah, yeah. By that point, it had grown. Mostly developers, but also some support people and salespeople. So then, as the sales process went on, as, as Freightquote got close to selling to C.H. Robinson, they learned more about Freightview. They actually got pretty excited about Freightview because they have a division that does similar things for bigger companies and decided that they wanted to own Freightview, too. And so we were able to work out a deal to, to even though we were a separate company, mm-hmm. we still had the same stockholders. We hadn't diversified in stockholders yet. Right. And so we were able to make one deal to bring them both into C.H. Robinson. And now they operate in two completely different divisions of C.H. Robinson. There's a brokerage division that Freightquote is part of, and there's what they call a managed services division that we're a part of. And that whole division just focuses 
not on brokering freight like the brokerage division, but but on providing software and services mm-hmm. to help shippers manage their own shipping. Sure, and both are still located here in Kansas City, right? Both are. We're still in yeah. downtown Overland Park, and mm-hmm. Freight Quote is still in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk more about the kind of culture that a company needs in order to allow the situation you just described to flourish and be successful. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. We all want to run a smarter business, but how? The answer is ShopKeep, the iPad-based point-of-sale system that makes it easy to run a smarter business from accepting payments, tracking inventory, running marketing campaigns, and managing employees. ShopKeep does it all taking the guesswork out of running your business. ShopKeep is just $49 per month with no long-term commitment. That includes ShopKeep Pocket, the app that lets you see your business's key performance data in real time, wherever you may be. Visit shopkeep.com forward slash smart today to begin your free trial. That's shopkeep.com forward slash smart. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? First, I had to decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more, so I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy, and giving up impossible. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Jason Roberts. He's the co-founder of FreightView, which is a spinoff of FreightQuote.com, which many of you here in Kansas City know very, very well. They said he was, they were on the front cover of Thinking Bigger Business magazine many years ago before they got so big, um, as Jason was saying, up to about 1,000 employees uh, before they were sold to C.H. Robinson this past January. And he was talking about how when they came up with this idea for FreightView that they decided to isolate the new company. Or the, it wasn't quite a company at that time, was it? Or did you... It was a business. It was a business, okay. Uh, To completely isolate it, uh, to make it feel as much like a startup as possible with all the challenges that come with startups. First of all, let's let's get um, a little bit more background here. How long had you been with FreightQuote at the point at which this occurred? I had been at FreightQuote for a little over 10 years when we spun off. And that whole time I had been... I guess you could say Tim Barton's sidekick in mm-hmm. product development. So I'd been with him developing a lot of the software that made FreightQuote tick. And so it was just natural that when this idea came up that, that I would uh, want to jump right in. Sure. So you become the point person for this. And, of course, like I said, um, you mentioned that you were isolated, moved into another part of the building, and eventually moved off-site down into downtown Overland Park. Um, 
were you completely cut off? I mean, were you allowed to access any of the resources of FreightQuote.com, or were you a you know, startup in the sense that you were building something out of nothing with the same resource um, challenges that other startups have? Describe that for us. We were a true startup. So mm-hmm. when we spun off, we, we spun off completely and uh, went off to chart our own course. We had our own benefits and stockholders oh, really? and, okay. and payroll and everything mm-hmm. else. We didn't rely, even from the very beginning, we didn't rely on FreightQuote's technology. They have great technology, yes. but we built a new generation completely from scratch uh, from the first day. And we we really wanted to live the life of a small business, live the life of a startup uh, genuinely. And so we, we did spin off. We, we still had a great relationship with them. So we leaned on their sales force to uh, when they came across a customer that would be a perfect fit for FreightView, we were always excited for them to refer customers to us. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we were a true startup. Okay. And and the, just you'd mentioned before, too, that uh, there was some funding uh, from Freight Quote, but like you said, it's like any startup going out into the marketplace seeking the funding. Did you have a time frame for when that funding was either going to run out and you were going to have to go to uh, you know, the burn rate, uh, you were going to have to go out and seek more funding? What kind of a, a timeline were you working on with that? Yeah, depending on how much we decided to spend on marketing, we knew that we had between two and three years before we had to go to the market and either raise more capital or become profitable and pay right. our own way. Exactly. How how does that work out? Or well, we were well on track, mm-hmm. um, heading definitely in the right direction. And then with the acquisition, a lot of things changed. C.H. Robinson is a Fortune 250 company, mm-hmm. so they're a really big company uh, that does a lot of business. And their commitment to us when they approached us about buying FreightView was that we're buying you because we're interested in you, and we see that there's something here that that we need within our culture as a company, this innovation and this startup attitude. And so we, we don't want to buy you to break you. We want to buy you to make you more successful. Right. And they've really kept that promise. So, for example, they have a big IT department, 500 or so people building their software, and they've promised that that department won't try to influence us or try to suck us in, but they're always there if we need help. Mm-hmm. So. I've I've been asked to join a task force at C.H. Robinson to help them understand how to transform their IT shop over the next few years. But they've been very kind about not trying to influence us. They they want to learn from us. They want to support us. It's really been the best of both worlds, the culture of a startup backed by a big company like C.H. Robinson. It, it sounds like a marriage made in heaven yeah. at this point, at, at any rate. Let's talk a bit about that culture, but let's go back a little bit mm-hmm. to when it was freight quote, uh, spinning off freight view. A lot of companies would have perhaps come up with this idea and said, okay, we're starting a new division. Why um, why a new company? And what kind of a leader does it take? What kind of leadership does it take within a company to be able to step back and say that this is the way we're going to do it? That was a pretty big step. It was, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that Freightquote was founded by Tim Barton, who had already had a successful startup that he'd grown and sold and then started Freightquote from scratch and grew Mm -hmm. it. So it was really in our DNA. We thought of ourselves, even though we were now approaching 14, 15 years old, we still thought of ourselves as a startup. We wanted to have that kind of a culture. And so I think we all just jumped at the idea of a startup and having experienced it. We knew that a startup was the right kind of environment to innovate as quickly as we wanted to and to grow as fast as we wanted to. And we didn't want to be held back by fitting into an existing corporate mm-hmm. structure that was designed for another industry or another right. part of the industry. We really believed that, that charting our own course, being a separate company, would allow us to make the kind of decisions and take the kind of risks we needed to in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out. Any startup will tell you, and even any existing business will tell you, there's lots of challenges. 
what were some of the ones that you, even even with um you know all the advantages that you may have had uh with the experienced people the entrepreneurial attitude and and so forth what kind of challenges did you run into one of the big shifts we had to make was how closely each person in the company needed to be to the customers so in a big company like Frequent with 1,000 employees, there were plenty of people fairly isolated from customers. There were people that interacted with customers every day, but the further you got away from that, they were doing their own job, their specialized job, and yes. didn't necessarily interact with customers. Everything we knew about customers was second or third hand from someone else. We really had to shift our approach so that everyone was talking to customers mm-hmm. almost every day. So even our software developers don't get to talk to people who bring the requirements from someone else to them. They spend time directly interfacing with customers, going out and visiting them, just sitting side by side with them and watching them use our software and ask them questions. So I think that was one of the big shifts for us was uh, to not be comfortable that other people were talking to customers, but to know that every single one of us had to do that every day. Right. That is a huge shift. Uh, That begs another question, though. When this group was spun off, as you expanded, did you hire from the outside or did you hire from within Freight Quote? We've primarily hired from the outside. Mm-hmm. A couple of folks have come over from Freight Quote as they okay. saw our openings and applied, but we've mostly hired from the outside and really tried to tap into the talent here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. especially in the software development field. So we've looked for developers who are working for other small, mid-sized businesses who were working at other technology stacks but interested in the kind of cutting-edge one that we were using, and so we were able to liberate them uh, over to FreightView, and that's really uh, benefited us to have people come from these other industries where they didn't necessarily have experience with freight but could come in and contribute and give us a more uh, diverse set of thought around how to build our software. Well, you know, and sometimes that's just what you need Mm -hmm. is people who, you know, they they aren't stuck with the way it's always been or traditions or whatever that they can come in and provide that fresh perspective. So so that was a really smart move, it sounds like, on your part. Um, You've been talking a lot about technology, and uh, this this is – in a way, and, and, and excuse the pun here, but bringing transportation up to speed in many ways using the the technology that you have. How much of an education, a lot of times when you're introducing something new or different, uh, when it comes to the marketing, it, a lot of it is education. How much of that have you run into? That, I would say, is our biggest challenge is right it? now, is that when you look at these small businesses and mid, mid-sized businesses that are growing, they're often facing a point where they need to either hire someone full-time to manage freight or it's time to add their second person to manage freight. But those people who are managing the freight today don't usually have a lot of say in process change. Mm -hmm. So they may realize that they're having to make a bunch of phone calls and, and send a bunch of emails, go to a bunch of websites, but don't necessarily feel empowered to to make a change like adopting FreightView to handle their freight shipping. Where on the other hand, you have the business owner or the operations manager who is that person who has the power to make the change, in fact has made it in a lot of other areas of the business, but just isn't aware of what's going on in the freight world. Like the example I gave earlier where we were Mm -hmm. walking around the warehouse trying to find the person that managed freight. Right. For a company that ships freight, that can be 10% of their revenue spent on freight, but it's an area that's just kind of off their radar. So a lot of what we're doing right now is connecting with those business owners and business managers and helping them become aware of how they're operating freight today and that it doesn't have to be that way. There's a better way. Mm -hmm. And just like they use software in other parts of their business, there's software to help them in this part of their business. Sure. Do you see this... This may be kind of an off-the-wall question, but do you see the online, shopping online, as actually um, 
adding to what you do. Where I'm going there is formerly completely brick-and-mortar businesses that just had to worry about getting their inventory to the store, and then customers carried it off. Now uh, they're selling online, and they have to have a way to get that. Is that impacting what you do? Definitely. We Mm -hmm. see that there's a trend towards smaller and more frequent shipments and uh, wanting shipments to arrive faster so that I order something I want it here at my on my dock today or tomorrow. Yeah. And the way that that works with Freightview is I visited one of our customers out in Indianapolis and they they make parts for skid loaders, um, bobcats, construction mm-hmm. equipment. And so when they're talking to a customer out in the field um, who's wanting that part shipped to them right away, it's usually because they're broken down or their parts about to fail. And so They'll spend time on the phone trying to negotiate that right balance of how expensive it's going to be to ship that part to me versus how long it's going to take. And Freightview, first of all, made that really easy by allowing the the seller to pull up all their rates in one place and be able to have that conversation over the phone. But more importantly, what we're seeing from a lot of our customers is pushing that decision all the way to the customer. So integrating Freightview with their websites so when the customer is shopping online and choosing their product, Instead of just having a flat fee for shipping uh, or a a flat service time, they're able to look at their different options and choose the one they want. And they're able to make that trade-off between brand name and price and how fast it can be delivered so that they take ownership over that choice and and its implications. So we're definitely seeing trends there. Okay. Uh, Final question. Is, Is your software limited to shipping Solely by truck. I mean, could you apply that to other forms of transportation, um, to drones even eventually, <laughs> if that truly becomes uh, the norm? I mean, or is it strictly um, with trucks? Well, we do have our eyes on drones and self-driving trucks and some mm-hmm. of those things that are coming down the road. With the truck driver shortage, we think that there'll be a lot more automation in that space. Right now, we're just focused on freight shipping, mm-hmm. but we certainly intend to get into other modes of shipping sure. and also other geographies. So one of the fun things about being a acquired by C.H. Robinson is that while we've been U.S. focused and Freightquote was U.S. and yes. Canada focused, mm-hmm. C.H. Robinson is a global company right. that has operations around the world. And so it's exciting for us to think about how to apply Freightview in Brazil and in China and in Europe. And we already have people there who are our colleagues now who can give us advice on that. So I think we'll expand both in mode of shipping as well as uh, where, where it's being so done. That, that's where you see your future going. Absolutely. Any final advice to any growth-minded business owners out there that maybe aren't following the exact path that Freight Quote followed by spinning this off, but certainly uh, wanting to add new products to the marketplace. Any advice you'd give them as they think about that? Sure. Well, I think two things. One, if you have a team that is working on launching a new product or a new Mm -hmm. service to the marketplace, try as much as possible to untangle them from the existing business and avoid the distractions of doing things the way that they've always been done and um, spending part of their time on the classic business, and then turn their focus instead to a lot more interaction with customers. Get them out to just sit by customers and talk to customers and have lunch with customers. Every single person on the team, from developer to sales rep, should be spending time with customers and really understanding them and not just taking somebody else's word for it. Great advice, and congratulations on all the success you've achieved and hope you have a lot more. Thank you. Appreciate your time today. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit us at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.